0: And welcome back to the program. Here we go. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk eight forty KXNT. And as a special treat today, friends, we have Ash. She's back. I'm back. Finally, re- you finally recovered from uh, from Thursday's show that you did with Alan over at Emerald Isle uh Casino uh for St. Patrick's Day and you know I understand it it took you a little while here to get back um back behind the microphone here at uh, Sam and Ash
1: yeah between that and <laughs> then the Friday John Curtis I was down for the count <laughs> it's taken me a while
0: <laughs> oh that's right you were on you were on on Friday I forgot oh no was you were you You were? Yeah, you were here on Friday. Never mind. I am getting it all confused. You just gave me two days. So there we go. All right. Well, it's good to have you back uh, here on the program uh, with us, Ash. We missed you. I have a quick question for you. There's uh, news now out of uh, New York City that Apple, makers of the iPhone and other must-have gadgets, uh, have been pressuring the folks over in New York State, the officials, government folks, those people, <laughs> to uh, allow a digital driver's license. And I know the article I read said it's controversial. And I want, I want, I want, I'm curious, we haven't talked about this, but I'm curious what you think about these, about the concept of digital driver's licenses. Uh, presumably it would be in your Apple wallet uh, or some other app inside your iPhone. And, and then you wouldn't have to carry around a physical license.
1: Yeah, I, you know, look, there's always legal issues when you're f- dealing with tech and privacy concerns. So and we haven't figured all of that out, but I would be very OK with this. I don't know how many t- you know me, Sam. I don't like carrying my wallet. How many times do I end she up not like
0: carrying her wallet?
1: <laughs> I don't. And so I love the 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 card feature being able to put my credit card on the wallet. That's great. So I've often wanted to add my driver's license to it. So I'm, I'm a proponent for it. I would be very okay with it. I have on numerous occasions used my, a photo of my ID to convince people I'm of age to buy a drink and they've allowed me. So, I, you know, I'm all for it. Aren't you? Uh, I,
0: I, I, I really am because it's getting now to the point where I can leave, I can leave the house but for my driver's license, I can leave the house and do everything by paying with my phone. I think Apple Pay, I'm a, I'm a admitted late adopter of Apple Pay. I, I mean, people came to this party a lot sooner than I did. But in my, in my defense, a lot of businesses didn't take Apple Pay that, you know, the RFID, the near readers, they didn't start implementing those until like maybe two years ago. Now they're widespread. I mean, you can, you can really go to even even stores you know not just not just coffee shops and those kind of places you can go to a lot of places and just use your phone to pay and the idea of carrying my phone and my wallet super annoying so the the yeah i i would be all for it um i'm just wondering if when you get pulled over what do you do do you just kind of hit the cop with the phone hey he's got a little card reader and you just go beep and you give him and then can you can you just like can you give him a tip too or or a bribe you know just kind of throw the credit card down beep. so you give him the id beep, and then i i don't know i it's i wonder how it would work in practice when you need to when you need to show that id for example at an airport or um and how it would be verified i think and i but i think that's a problem that can be overcome
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's the same similar technology to the scanning of truly the credit cards and all the officer would be looking at is make it look in the photo. So I'm for it. Look, it actually Apple Pay saved me. What was it about a a year ago? I lost my entire wallet or it was stolen. We don't know. Remember, I lost my entire wallet, driver's license, credit cards, bank card, everything. It was
0: stolen. It was stolen. The person that stole your wallet, needs to can burn in hell i i remember that whole episode and by the way very sad about your wallet that was a that was a beautiful wallet and and that that's the worst part when you lose a wallet it's not but then you got to replace yeah you lose a nice wallet and then you you have to replace everything inside of it and and you even had cash in there because we're both you know well i'm pretty old-fashioned i carry cash but you know you know you had cash in there and everything so that was that was frustrating so the idea of losing a phone It's locked. You, you know, you lose your phone and nobody, not just anyone can get into the phone and get your credit cards or your IDs that you have in there. So I, I like it in that sense. It's like having a a wallet. That's a lockbox right
1: but the other thing was my apple pay was the only thing that worked i went in and had to report all my credit cards stolen and reissued and so they mailed them but like my amex which is on my apple pay it automatically updated to the new card info so i could get gas and pay for things and go to the grocery store. So Apple Pay really saved me and I'm all for it. I'm sure there will be technical issues with it and maybe some privacy concerns and legal issues with search and seizure, et cetera. But look, we haven't even figured that out with just credit cards and passcodes. So I'm I'm not immediately concerned. I'm opting for convenience at this phase of my life.
0: Yeah, I think you were the book to this is that you were surprised when you lost your physical credit cards, how many places you could pay and use your Apple, you know, your Apple Pay. And there's the Google equivalent of it, too. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be a an Apple phone that you have. It can be a, it can be a um, an Android. Uh, but you were surprised, I think, how how easily you could use it and how many places you could use it. And so I think, look, it's the future. And and. And so this story that's out there as as a negative to me it it reads as a negative story it's kind of like apple is out there pressuring these poor politicians and trying to get their product out there and being given you know deferential treatment what i really think they're doing is 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 pushing the future technology and IDs if if the if my boarding pass that has my TSA clearance on it can exist in my Apple wallet then I think that my driver's license that gave me that TSA clearance can also be part of that that chain of protected you know documentation that's stored on my phone I I think it's going to happen now you're going to want your your Apple pay ash I think when you are attending. The Formula One race that is coming to Las Vegas. I know you are a super fan. But if, if you guys don't know this, it's hilarious. I, I love cars and, and, uh, and, and have a few cars. Uh, Ash is, uh, between the two of us, she is the absolute dedicated fanatic when it comes to Formula One. Ash will not wake up early in the morning for anything except for Formula One, and you'll follow these races that happen in Europe and in Dubai or wherever they are, and you're 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 up at three in the morning. So, what is what's going on here? It's coming to Vegas. Is this real? Because for so long we've been talking about this as as a as a fantasy thing, as like a wishful thinking. Um, so you know, we want to hear what that you know what what's what's coming.
1: Yeah, I look. It's been rumbling and rumbling, and the rumbles are getting louder. And it sounds like Las Vegas is going to be the home and potentially the flagship U.S. event for Formula One. And I'm excited. Look, we have a, a Grand Prix in Texas currently. They just added Miami in this Austin, year, right? Austin. Yes. Yeah, and this uh, this it year. It drew
0: 400,000 fans, which is not small. I mean a lot of people showed up to it so it brought people in uh where is it where is it supposed to where are these cars going to be is it uh, like where 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 do you put a race like this
1: the strip of course yeah so it sounds like yeah (laughs) yeah, they're gonna have to do some repaving they're going to have (laughs) to do some repaving what do you mean Um, repaving
0: they're just gonna have to finish the paving uh, for for starters right i would assume they would have to make sure that the surface is, is impeccable for the race no yeah absolutely it's going to have to get resurfaced surfaced for
1: once and once and for all i am so excited it sounds like this the track will go down the strip and then maybe through behind the strip and the sphere on paradise so it'll be interesting to see where it ends up but i cannot wait for this sam and i hope there's maybe an opportunity to get me behind the wheel of one maybe
0: (laughs) You, you know, it's funny you say that because I, I was always a huge Top Gear fan and I love Jeremy Clarkson and, and the guys that, you know, that, that show. And, and, and of course, now it's Grand Tour on Amazon Prime. But I remember uh, I remember when they did a show about Formula One and, they, and they, uh, they tried to drive, the guys tried to drive a Formula One car. And now these are all guys that test high-end sports cars. Uh, for a living it's what they do professionally and they are all of them very good uh, drivers and it was Hammond actually the the little guy who is a, a really good driver even though he's crashed a few times and he got behind the wheel of a Formula One car and the fascinating thing was is he couldn't even get it into drive it just he got in was like I don't know what to do okay so I released it and they told him exactly what to do and apparently the car's so sensitive to to commands that he stalled it out. He kept stalling it out and finally got out of the car and kind of threw his hands up and said, this is not for me. So I think people that, I mean, I'm, I, by, by all means, I'm sure maybe you could get in the car and just drive off with it and uh, end up in prim uh, in about two minutes. But I, I, I do think they are, th- there's something about those cars. It's like no other car. It's, they're very sensitive and they're very, uh, it requires a tremendous amount of skill to just even get them into drive.
1: I'm excited and I put me behind a wheel, please. I will take that risk.
0: All right, beautiful. We will do it. Um, some fun news out of Circa. Uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. Love Circa, love downtown Las Vegas. Of course, that's where our office is. And we're looking literally here as I peer around the corner from my, my desk right now, we can, see, uh, we can see Circa and it's been a great addition to uh, downtown. There's some, some high tech rumblings happening. And also some sad news. Some sad national news. Talk about that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. What's right? With Salmon Ash News Talk 840, KXNT.
1: Salmon Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Salmon Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702 820 1234 or salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right.
0: Every weekday, 2 to 3 p.m., right here on News Talk 840 KXNT, you will find what's right with Sam and Ash. Uh, I'm Sam. And I'm Ash. Ash. Oh, there she is. I'm here. Perfect. We got her. We got her. Ash, right before the break, we were talking about Formula One. Uh, One thing I still wanted to mention that's so Vegas-related now that Formula One is coming to Vegas, possibly, uh, is the word again. Formula One would be, in fact, returning to Las Vegas. And as I understand it, came here once upon a time in 1982 and was over at the uh, racetrack that it belonged to at the time was built by Caesars on the property that now uh, houses uh, the uh, Mirage Casino. It's going to be the Hard Rock Hotel. So kind of fascinating that there, they're, for people who don't know this, there was a giant racetrack right there on that, on that property and eventually sold off to Steve Wynn where they built the, the Mirage. But, yeah, we used to have a racetrack right on the Strip. And so now we don't have that racetrack anymore, so they will just build the track right on the Strip, which I think is very exhilarating. It will be very cool.
1: Yeah, you know it will be a that? road race. I'm excited I knew it was here first, um, a while ago, but it predates my existence, so it doesn't even matter. All that matters 82. is what's to it's come. Just
0: barely. Just barely. Just barely. Um, all right, <laughs> so uh, there's some news out of Circa. I just always love when, uh, when things are happening. And they're taking some space that they didn't complete. Uh, we know with the pandemic and building up the casino and getting it up off the ground. If you remember, there was an open in October of 2020. Uh, that was just the casino. Then the hotel at the right at the end of the year, right after Christmas, uh, in time for New Year's, uh, opened up. The rooms opened up. Well, now they're finally getting their conference center up and rolling. And 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 I think we were just uh, texting here uh, moments ago with our friend. Uh, Bud Pico, who manages all their kind of special projects and, and events, and he was he he sent us some cool pictures of what they did in the space right before uh they began work on converting it over into convention space. I thought that was I thought that was awesome.
1: Yeah, they've been using that extra space for watch parties. I think they did one for the Super Bowl or the big game, and they've done it for a bunch of stuff, but it's very rustic, very authentic and just kind of raw and so i'm excited for them to build it out one of my favorite things about this story is how they're giving a lot of tribute to the city's history have you heard the names that they're going to be naming all these spaces after did you read well i saw no i didn't
0: i didn't see that um i i i saw that i i know that in up in the legacy club of course it's a they have a you know that, that hall of heroes or wall of heroes, whatever of the founding fathers of, of Las Vegas. And and is very and you know, Derek Stevens is very reverential to the past of the city. And I love that. So what are they calling these rooms?
1: So one of them's the Galaxy, and you know, it's the short-lived Galaxy Motel. There's the Starlight, which opened in the 50s. Um, there's the Carousel, which was a casino. Where I guess you could that dine for ninety six cents.
0: <laughs> that was before Biden. Uh, so circus yeah, Circa is on the site of the carousel. I think right. It's on that original space. Um, so that's kind of yeah. that's particularly cool, and um, and yeah, and so I think there's I the see... ambassador room. Very cool. Yeah. Well, this is it's neat, and 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 of course it's another. Area for business to come to. I I think, I think the the answer to getting, da- you know, downtown Las Vegas, particularly Fremont Street, to, to to begin elevating that experience is to is to bring in, you know, is to bring in convention traffic and get that midweek hustle, uh, coming into in into play, and that's how you feed those high end restaurants like Berries. You know, you can't just make that work on weekends and have have just the gambling travelers come in. You you gaming gaming folks, you've got to get in the, um, the you know the 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 business folks that are coming in for the for the conventions. So I, I love it. I think it's a great I, I think it's a great thing, and I, I also love one thing that they're I, I think my my take on this too is that you know they they're they're phasing in. Uh, As a business that didn't go and borrow a lot of money, they're basically, you know, the story of Derek Stevens and I think his brother that put together a bulk of the cash to build Circa is that they, you know, like a lot of businesses, you can't bite everything off all at once. And so they have phased this out. And the critical thing was to first get the casino built or to get the hotel built, get, well, yeah, get the casino built, get the structure built, get their occupancy permit for the casino So the people could start coming in and then for two, three months, they they drove revenue that way while they were busily, you know, constructing and finishing up the rooms. Uh, I think that, you know, that certainly was a strategy that worked and paid off. And so I'm I'm excited about this. And I think uh, I think this is going to be going to be great for downtown.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. I absolutely cannot wait.
0: Now, I want to mention, Ash, just before we we take a break here at the bottom of the hour, uh, just a few words about Madeleine Albright. We got some news a little bit earlier today that she passed. Uh, Madeleine Albright, of course, was uh, the first female secretary of state under Bill Clinton. Uh, I remember, you know, I remember a little bit older than you, Ash, and I remember when she became secretary of state and— You know, I I, I remember her being controversial as a you know as kind of a a left wing person, and as with most of the Democratic Party now and then, you know today she would have basically been a a a right wing Republican uh, in in many ways or at least a a a neocon Republican. Uh, Her folks, you know, she came her she was born in uh, what was then Czechoslovakia, so the country that my parents were from and. Her 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 parents ended up emigrating, uh, leaving the country in 1948 after the communist revolution, and they they came to the U.S. got asylum, and uh, and did quite well. It's uh, they are they're both her father, uh, and her and her siblings. I believe all you know stories of, of immigrant success in this country. So it's been, you know, it's it's of course sad to to have her pass. Uh, you know, f- still, I think she was 83. Had had apparently was suffering from cancer, uh, and so. Leaves a legacy behind that uh, that's noteworthy, and that that I I remember still as a kid. I I'd heard that she, you know, was Czech and that she was originally Czech, but she went to a French school as a kid and changed her name from Marie, uh, which is a very Czech name, to uh, to Madeline uh, because it was a French-speaking school. And so I didn't realize that she was really really Czech until I saw her on TV one time in the Czech Republic. Uh, already visiting a Secretary of State, and she was speaking fluent, beautiful Czech, and I was just blown away. It was the first time that certainly any senior member of the U.S. government spoke my, you know, my native language. So it's kind of cool.
1: I just learned that just now that she that her relatives were from Czechoslovakia. Her father.
0: Yeah. I just learned yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I I know it's crazy stuff. So all right, excellent. Caitlyn Jenner. She's chiming in on the Leah Thomas controversy, the Swimming NCAA controversy. We will talk about that uh, when we come back. This story just is the gift that keeps on giving. What's right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840, KXNT.
1: Comfortable and confident is how Ash Injury Law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Ash Injury Law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Ash Injury Law. 702-820-1234 or salmon because you deserve what's right
0: welcome back to what's right with sam and ash news talk 840 KXNT. A promise of 90s weather has my interest peaked i don't know about you ash uh we like uh we like warm weather i think both of us I prefer it to the cold that that much is certain so hopefully um yeah, summer's here. We're okay with that. Uh, didn't we just have winter though? I don't know. Just barely done in the spring. So, my coats, I don't.
1: It... <laughs> I'm still getting used to putting my coats away. I, I, love, I love coats, but I don't like being cold. Is that fair? Is that, is that a fair position? Well, I think to that's have? why you
0: like coats. No, it's, you, you've got warm coats, so you don't have to feel cold. I think maybe it's because you like when other people are cold, Ash. Just admit it. You like when other people are cold and you're warm.
1: <laughs> maybe maybe that's it
0: look at you coatless fools no These people suckers. here have coats it's it's fun it's funny because we we you know we both grew up in california and, and I, I i legit knew people in school who didn't have pants i mean they wore shorts year-round okay you thought i they'd
1: yeah I was, like, no, this, no. I was like where's this where's this going yeah. But no, I mean, it's growing it was, up in Southern California, war- a lot of people didn't own shoes. I remember when I went to college, a lot of people just wore flip-flops. They didn't even own closed-toed shoes. So I know that.
0: I, that was then not, but when you hit Pennsylvania, people found some closed-toed shoes because that would have been, that would have been miserable. But, um, but, I, but no, didn't kids growing up, there were people who just didn't wear long pants ever. They just wore shorts year-round. And, and by the way, in, you know, there are a few weeks in California. I hate to let the secret out of the bag, but there are a few weeks where it gets cold in the morning. Like if you go to school early, you know, 730 or whatever, it's, it's cold. So,
1: yeah, they always talk about the seasons in California. You feel them all in one day, you know, you start in winter in the morning by, like m- mid-morning right before lunch you're at spring and then at lunchtime to the <laughs> afternoon it is full-blown summer and then the yes. evening it is fall so they say in <laughs> california so you get true. all the seasons
0: all in one in one twenty four 24-hour period it's so true uh yeah that's that's funny all right well there is another thing i think that has some degree of seasonality to it and that is uh flu viruses like covid And and yesterday, uh, Ash, I know you were you were working and um, we 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 had it covered here somewhat on the on the show without you. But uh, we talked about how there's this new strain of COVID that's coming out and everybody's up in arms about it. And uh, and my suspicion, of course, is that it's already here Uh, now. Scientists in Las Vegas that are measuring I imagine this is being this is a, a job that most people wouldn't want. They measure wastewater. Did you know this? That's how they see or try, can figure out if the levels of, of the virus in the general population is that they measure sewage for, you know, for, for COVID levels. Okay, so that's how they do it, apparently. And based on that metric, not on positivity tests, you know, not on that data, but based on the sewage test metric, uh, they're saying that, that COVID is very, very low here. What fascinates me is that there are a number of countries in, in Europe where COVID's spiking. Like, for example, Germany is way up. While in England, and you remember England has had major, you know, COVID outbreaks, big spikes, lots of people dying, unfortunately, and having, you know, hospitalizations and whatnot. As now, they are doing away with masks in, in airports. Heathrow is take masks are gone. Flights, you know, that are, that are uh, intra, you know, intra- uh, uh, Great Britain uh, flights are maskless. And I know that we keep pushing back this mask mandate and extending it here in the U.S. I know, Ash, you fly quite a bit. And, and you know, we're always going back and forth to our California office uh, to check on those guys over there. And and it turns out that, that we just are hanging on to these masks. We will not let go of our masks because... Um, You know, it is what it is. So I I think, do you think that this that these that it's good that the Brits are leading the way and showing us what massless life could be on planes and maybe we can look and see how that goes for them and and find it instructive?
1: Well, I will say this, I saw a guy wearing a T shirt the other day and it said and it had a giant Union Jack on it and it said, Make America Great Britain again. And so I actually <laughs> thought I thought that was hilarious, uh, funny, clever, witty, all in all. But now with this mask mandates and how they're getting rid of it. Absolutely. I'm all for it. But I, I always want to be the, the leader. I always want America to be at the forefront of these policy, these decisions and realizing where science is and reacting accordingly
0: yeah certainly could we be a leader in something called freedom uh you know yeah. I, I, I i and by, uh, could we allow the airlines look this is this is where i think allow the airlines to to decide for themselves if they're gonna be a compulsory mask environment and then allow us as consumers to say okay well okay delta delta may be no masks are mandatory you can mask masking optional right and so if you want to be you know you want to be that person and not wear a mask then you go on delta and if united because i picture united for some reason i picture them being the like the mask nazis <laughs> so united says i we are masking we are doing it and that's fine let the let let each individual airline make up their own minds on it and then let the free market dictate where you're going if you're if you're terrified of flying on a, a plane somewhere that with you know in a in a in in a maskless environment, then you're going to choose to fly with the airline that, you know, that that is enforcing the uh, the regulation.
1: Yeah, although that I'm going to push back. I think we watched a lot of this with restaurants. Remember the restaurants that we know Noah Blom who was on our show a few weeks back. He was talking about the mayor. yes. Mayor Pro Tem Noah. Don't (laughs) be crowning him already Ah,
0: I'm 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 just I'm looking into the future. Uh, he's yes, he's mayor pro tem of Newport Beach, but you know it's just a matter of time. But yes, yeah, so governor their re- Governor Noah,
1: <laughs> their restaurant took a very <laughs> pro freedom, pro liberty approach during COVID. They didn't wear masks. They allowed people to wear masks. It was just you do what you think is comfortable. But and they would get terrorized on these on Yelp and social media by people showing up and harassing them, saying they didn't have any protocols, anything like that. And so I see our consumers are gonna do the same thing. If you left it up to airlines, there would be all these Karens all over the place complaining and angry and entitlement say
0: Karens, I have a new I have a different let's let's leave the poor Karens out of this. Let's call them Mitt Romney's. Uh, And the reason I bring that up is do you know that Mitt? (laughs) I can't believe I gave this guy money when he ran for president. This guy's the biggest disappointment uh, on the planet. By the way, random fact about Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney one time put a whoopee cushion under my wife uh, because she was a guest at their house, and he's actually a delightful human, okay? But when it comes to politics, uh, I'm done with him. All right. Mitt Romney was the one Republican that voted against lifting uh, mask mandate on planes when it came to a vote in the Senate. This was a few weeks ago. He's the one guy. He is like the, the one Republican that is like, by all means, we need to stay masked on airplanes. So i just put, throwing that out there. Maybe we don't say Karens. We say Mitt Romneys. Mitts. Make it a little more. Yeah, Mitts. Don't be a mitten. Uh, all right. Good stuff. So I hope, um, I hope okay. we drop it. Oh, me too. Me too. I predict that the result of COVID, COVID levels will be unchanged if we drop masks. On airplanes, transmissibility is unchanged or negligently changed. But what we will have an increase in is pleasantness of people on board planes. Because I think, you know, look, the people that are you, you, the minute they walk in that airport, they put on their little, you know, face diaper and they start getting angry and resentful and mad and then they get on the plane and you got the flight attendant that says you gotta put your mask on and people are starting to lose their their minds over it and they're and they're being every flight attendant will tell you more aggressive more more obnoxious and not that we didn't have obnoxious behavior before covid uh but i think since you've turned basically flight attendants into mass police uh, it has really created more friction on airplanes, and I predict friendlier, happier flying uh, when this ultimately gets lifted.
1: I agree. I agree wholeheartedly.
0: So take the masks off. I think we're good. All right, I promise we're going to get to this NCA thing. I will touch on it. I, I do think also you might have a Sammy on the spot. I've enjoyed two days without you popping something on me and then watching me squirm so i look forward to that next segment back with our old classic uh format now that we've Ashley back uh all right don't go to where what's right with sam and ash news talk 840 kxnt welcome back to what's right with sam and ash news talk 840 kxnt ash i just saw mayor carolyn goodman uh well we were uh in the same place at lunch he says hi and um just a lovely person uh, we are so lucky to have her as mayor and uh believe it's her birthday tomorrow so you were at the pepper club i was at the pepper club indeed which I'm is jealous you know a fabulous spot if you do want to hear more about the pepper club i am certain given that i ran into john curtis there too <laughs> that it will come up on Friday's show when John is uh, here in studio uh, talking food with us, as we do every Friday. Food Fridays are a thing here on What's Right with Sam and Ash. And we usually have John Curtis, who is our resident food critic, also a food critic in town who's quite well-known and a delightful chap who eats his way through Las Vegas and tells us what's good and what's not. So we, um, we love having him. So tune in on Friday, same time every week and we talk food here on the program quickly ash i know we're short on time i just i want to get to this because i want your, your perspective on this caitlin jenner is saying Le- leah thomas the uh swimmer who recently won a big event uh beat out the nearest competitor uh by quite a bit is not the rightful ncaa women's champ what uh, What's your reaction when you hear this?
1: Well, I look, I'm all for women's sports. I grew up playing sports, and I think this is one of the things that the NCAA and professional leagues are going to have to deal with Uh, when someone is born one gender, so they're biologically born a male, and then they transition to be a female, where that person gets to play, what league they get to play in. I think it's, right now we're seeing how grossly unfair it is to biological female athletes when a person was born a biological male, transitioned to a female, and then competes against them. They, there's some of the stats I read for swimmers, because that's what I'm always curious about, you know, because they do hormone therapy and they have to reduce their testosterone, et cetera. So I'm curious about the the changes. And women are generally 11 to 12% slower than men in the pool. So whatever time you, a man has in a women, in a free 500 free, the woman's time will be 11 to 12 percent slower well leah thomas the the person the woman we're talking about here her times are only two to three percent slower than her pre-transition times and so you're just seeing in raw data how unfair it is and for just competition's sake it needs to be fair and i'm all about women's rights and this is this is just taking away women's opportunities
0: I mean if I were to transition and you're probably wondering where I'm going with this and <laughs> I were to compete against you in any sport you'd still beat me okay because <laughs> I'm not I'm not your you know I, I'm not that's not my strength I have some strengths being athletic and coordinated is not one of them but the, you know Leah Thomas as a man was 480th or whatever the number was in in the men's division mm-hmm. and suddenly becomes number one and is beating out all of these born biologically female women and to me it doesn't pass the fairness test it's nothing to do with trans rights or with being compassionate and all the it's nothing to do with that this this doesn't meet to me or pass the kind of the the, uh, the fairness burden here and and the inequality ultimately that it creates on on female athletes and female sports and the, there's an entirely legitimate reason for why we have men's and women's sports separate and you know now that you know we've we've become we've become full board on trans rights you know, the thing that nobody wants to address, and I love, by the way, my takeaway in this is that, you know, Caitlyn Jenner is saying this and coming out with saying, you know, and putting her foot down, and a number of other people are expressing, you know, their their disapproval of this. I think that we've reached some limits to the, to the nonsense that we're willing to accept here. And I think it's good. I think it's time that that happens, that that you you have to be you really have to be uh i don't know you you have to not be a compassionate person, which is ironic because this all started because we want to be compassionate to people and understand their plight, but you really have to be an uncompassionate person to not understand how this affects the female athletes that come in second, third, fourth you know and whatnot it it it, it is a it, it is it is just not correct for this to happen I don't want to say fair it is not correct
1: well I mean I I want I'm with you this is I support everyone in pursuing their happiness but when we look at sports and we're looking at correctness and fairness if you just look at major leagues like the hockey league NHL right now all of these teams are they deal with a thing called a salary cap and the salary cap has a very specific purpose. It is to ensure every team has the same ability to compete throughout the season, as opposed to just a billionaire coming in and buying a championship. Because that wouldn't be fun. And this isn't, that's not, that's not about anyone's gender, identity, sexuality. That is just an example in sports of restrictions we put in place to ensure competition and competitive fairness. And Formula One is one that's dealing with it now. You've got financial abilities that are very different among the 10 teams, and they're getting ready to implement serious financial caps and salary caps on what these teams can spend, because they want to ensure a fair competition and a legitimate opportunity for all teams. It's not, well, we want the red team to win, or we want the Italian team to win, or the Germans to win. It has nothing to do with that. It is providing opportunity as it's earned. And so that's my biggest frustration with this. And I look, I support Leah Thomas's being happy and transitioning, but when I put my foot down is when it affects competition.
0: I, I could not agree with you more. I, and I think that's actually a really good angle. And I, I, I hope that we continue to revisit that. And you keep reminding us of what you just said, because that is absolutely true. You're taking it out of the paradigm of, of, you know, of, of compassion for transgender people, and you're moving it into the area of fairness. And, and when it comes to money, right, which certainly I think the left thinks that it's not right that money give you an advantage in anything, right? Leveling out the playing field it financially, all of a sudden now we're talking about it in a different way. So right and so correct. We have a couple minutes. Do you have a Sammy on the spot for me?
1: I have a great one. I read a headline today that said, Wi-Fi will be on the moon in just two years. Startup, (laughs) I'm blown away because on my Southwest flight about one every five flights, I can't even get Wi-Fi in that. So if someone's going to put Wi-Fi on the moon, wow! so there's a startup that's planning to bring Wi-Fi to the moon in under two years. They received six hundred and fifty grand in seed funding to
0: deliver high-speed internet. Is it like the whole moon, or maybe like even just Mars? A spot on the moon because we haven't yet like figured out a way to put Wi-Fi on the whole Earth. So I'm just confused as to how they're going to have Wi-Fi on the moon. But there will be a maybe they just going to be. There's gonna be yeah. I think there's a you're gonna have a Starbucks uh, in the metaverse before you have a Starbucks on well, you already have that probably now. But um, it, look, put it up on the you know, but is there enough people there that's gonna show up? Maybe they'll use your Apple Pay and you'll have a well, space passport that will be on your phone.
1: It's supposedly for all the technology devices, the landers, orbiters, rovers.
0: Landers, orbiters and rovers, you heard it here first. And if you get hit by one of them, call Sam and Ash, because you deserve What's right. Folks, we'll see you tomorrow. Don't go anywhere. Adios.